If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal, proudly Canadian, family-owned for over 30 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one using state-of-the-art scientific instruments and procedures. You get exactly what's promised on the label. Nothing more, nothing less. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit newrootsherbal.com. You're listening to an interview taken from the Tonic Talk Show and Podcast. Andrea Donsky is a registered holistic nutritionist with 20 years experience in natural health and wellness. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of NaturallySavvy.com, and she's a regular contributor to Tonic Magazine. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jamie. This is exciting. We've it known is. each other for so long. We've worked together for so long, and this we is have. the very first time you're here. Don't take it personally. We love you. <laughs> Good. Thank We're you. We're glad you're here. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So I'm told, because I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. that March 8th is... Women's Health Day. Yes, which yay. We all, we're all going to celebrate. We are. Even even us, like other gendered, are, are going to celebrate it too. But let, it's a good opportunity to talk about women's health, right? It absolutely is. I mean, we're so different than men, right? So I love the fact that we have our own day and we can look at each other. We can celebrate the female, the every, woman, right? Every, every day is women's every, health. Day. That's true. According to my husband, he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> every day is, is a woman's day. So where do you want to start? Are we going to, let's talk about. Women in heart health. Okay, okay I think that's an important one. You know, it's interesting. I we are launching a brand new YouTube channel, which I cannot wait. And I was interviewing somebody yesterday who said that she she's fifty, almost fifty, and she was having these pains in her joints in her left arm, and she was dizzy, and she was a little bit nauseous, and intuitively, she was like, "Wait a second, I think this might be my heart." And she went to go check, get it checked out, and guess the powers are whoever she went to go check it out by was saying that oh, it can't be your heart. It's probably anxiety. And in the end, it actually was her heart. And I think it's one of those things as being a woman, especially if you're, you know, when you think of heart health for women, you think older, but it could be. And now you hear more and more of younger people who are having some heart issues. And I think the key is really understanding our bodies and knowing if you feel something's off and you hear from one person that maybe you're, it's not exactly making sense to you and you're like, mm. I kind of feel like I need to go check it out somewhere else. Listen to your gut. Listen to your body because we know our body's best. And it ended up being her heart, which is crazy, right? But it it's, was. It's, it's a real issue. Uh, and I've had a number of guests on who talk about it, it gets to the point where even research for serious ailments is was historically so male centric. Mm, yes. That the, that the there was 19 no, year old college students. Right. There was no mm-hmm. no recognition of the physiological differences between men or, and women when they were calculating, you know, the health risks of for example, heart disease, right? So how can you possibly expect a woman to understand what the symptomology is when it's never been presented like that? That's and, right. And that's really the issue, but it's kind of a scary thought that we really don't understand how uh, the manifestations of heart disease are, are going to appear on a woman, which might be different than a man, right? And there are differences, right? There are differences. Like according to the Heart and Stroke Foundation, chest pain does present in both men and right. women. Which but is for, logical, right. Right, which is logical. But for women, it can be it could be dizziness. It could be extreme tiredness. I mean, my grandmother, who was 73, had a heart attack and she did not know those symptoms, right? And neither did my grandfather at the time. But now we understand that they do present differently in women and men because she didn't have chest pain. 
Right. Or chest pressure, right? right. So she had, I, I think it was like upper back pain or lower back pain. It was something that was a little bit different. So. Sometimes it can manifest in your arms, right? Which is what you said, the woman that you had Yeah, interviewed. it was her joint pain in her left arm. And, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that heart attack symptoms go unrecognized in 53% of women. Yeah. 53%. That's a high percentage. Right. And and get and dealing with heart disease or a manifestation like like a uh, an episode mm-hmm. like like a heart attack and not all ep- not all episodes are heart attacks, mm-hmm. uh, but not correctly diagnosing it uh, obviously impacts the op- the chances of of survival, of, of survival yes, and absolutely. also also further episodes right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty serious. So pretty serious. Uh, is there a resource that women can go to 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 determine whether uh, just even understand? I would what, say the what, Heart and Stroke Foundation. I would say you know obviously Google Google if there is something that you're experiencing, Google it. Get informed, and that's the key. And you know, to me, I would go right to the source of the people who are doing the research to understand it perfectly or very well. Okay, so now we've discussed uh, what the signs of heart disease in women are. Uh, what what are things that women should do uh, to prevent heart disease? Oh, I mean, I'm a nutritionist, so you're, that's, a, that's a great question for me, Jamie. I'm okay. going to start, obviously, nutrition, right. lifestyle is a big one, right? Yep. So don't smoke, you know, limit or don't drink, and also the type of food that you're eating, right? So you want to make sure you're getting good omega, lots of omega-3s. So if you like fish, so salmon, mackerel, sardines, if you don't eat fish, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you can go with hemp seeds or flax seeds or chia seeds, right? So the omega-3s are very important, not only for our heart, but they're important for our brain as well. So food, 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 I would say, you know, lifestyle makes a huge difference for so many different health, anything to do with health, but obviously the heart is a big one. And then exercise. So we want to make sure that we're getting enough exercise, even if you can't exercise or you have limited mobility, just walking, anything, you know, swimming, something, anything that's going to get you moving and your heart beating. And the new thing now, which I don't know if you're into, but oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with HIIT exercises, the high intensity interval training. I take two classes a week. Okay, so I I started doing it probably three four months ago. Yeah, I'm literally obsessed, and yeah. it takes a lot for me to find an exercise that I really love. Yeah, but I love it because it's stop it heart it stops and starts right, so it works on the heart rate variability, which is kind of working that sympathetic and parasympathetic balance. So yeah, it's it's awesome exercise. Are you doing real classes though, where like you really have to go all out for like 20, 30, 40 seconds? With I'm a doing F forty five. So would that oh, yeah. be real? That's real. <laughs> okay, F forty five is real. Okay, so then I'm doing real classes. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I actually, I've cut out, I used to do a lot more spinning, but I've switched out uh, the spinning for HIT classes, but also strength training, which yes. is, which is, which is, a, which, which is, is why I love HIT because yeah. F45, I mean, this again, we're no way affiliated with F45, yeah, yeah. but what's great is that you have, you know, the strength training exercises and then you also have the cardio. cardio. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. But people should be doing both. And the other thing you should think about is, you know, we talk a lot and I talk a lot like very tedious about my workouts. But the truth of the matter is the best benefit that people will get is the move from doing nothing to doing something. Oh, totally. You, you, you don't, you know, like you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be professional. You don't have to compete. But if you're doing nothing, something is better than nothing. That's, Absolutely. And not only for our heart, by the way, yeah. let's talk mental health for a sure, second. 100%. Oh, for me, the biggest thing has been the mental health because it, it obviously we're relieving anxiety, but it also helps with, you know, the neuro, those neurotransmitters. That well, the are, endorphins, right? Right. Like, the endorphins that are making us feel great. So after a workout, if you're feeling bad before, you're feeling pretty good after. Yeah. Especially if there's a cardio element to it. And it helps, by the way, if we're talking about women's health, it actually helps to strengthen our bones, which is the resistance training, right? So we're getting those bones. And as we get older, 
we start to lose muscle mass, right? Well, and that, we start to, you know... Yeah, that I mean that's sort of the key when you're talking about uh, doing sort of weight training, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're not we don't have to we're not necessarily talking about heavy weights, but including weight training in with your program, uh, mm-hmm. it helps the joints because the muscles around the joints get bigger, right? So you're you're actually protecting the joints. Um, a lot of exercise, I'm sure you're doing multiple movements, uh, is good for your mobility, which means you can continue to do the exercise, which is key and crucial to your bone and joint health. Yep. But I'm sure you have some thoughts on that too. Yeah. Well, when we're born until the age of 30, our muscles get bigger and stronger. But after 30, we start to lose muscle mass. And even if you're not a very active person, it can cause you, if you're not a very active person, it actually can cause you to lose muscle, muscle mass even faster. Right. So the thing is you want to be active for those muscles because- the muscles exactly was they kind of they they help with the bone mass they help with so many different things that provide you with your strong legs so you can walk because as we get older there's certain things that we're more prone to like fractures right so we want to just make sure like we're keeping our muscles and our bones strong as right. we get older well also i mean just to, just to get around right like 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 I'm in my 50s. I know you're not yet. Oh, I am. I turned 50. Yeah, I turned 50 a couple uh, January. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So when we're in our 50s, I mean, the the, the idea is, oh, you know, you're you're going to lo- use the, the muscles or lose them, right? Yes. But it's actually it's actually that's not quite accurate. It's not just use them or lose them. You can actually build muscle into your 50s. I'm stronger now in my mid 50s than I ever was in my 30s or 40s because I'm actually doing the weight training. Yeah, and, and eating properly too. You're probably yeah. getting enough protein, which also helps to build them, right? Right, exactly. So uh, even for women, because uh, Naomi uh, does the weight training with me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a you, you, a lot of women think you know if I do weight training I'm going to get bulky and it, it's not feminine. That's actually not true. Not at all. Um, it's also genetic makeup, right? Which yeah. kind of determines how much muscle mass you're going to put on. Right, but there's different types of of weight training. You know, you can have longer, leaner muscles by doing more reps with lower weight, as opposed to like doing tons of weight with lower reps, you know, yes, you could bulk up if you do it the wrong way, but you can build long lean muscle as well, uh, which looks very attractive. Right. No, it's a very good point. I mean, I know someone like myself, even if I tried, I could never get that bulk, bulky look. It's just not in my genetic. No, makeup. I know, but it's a concern for people who who, yeah. do, who maybe don't want to do weight training. Yeah. Also, you know, they might hurt themselves. If you're going to a qualified gym and somebody's watching you do the movements, it should be fine. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And it's important that we that we do do it. My mother, she's seventy two, and she works out several times a week, and they she focuses on that weight training. And she said it's made a huge difference, even in her balance. Yeah. You know, so that it's so important for us. But if you are doing sort of exercise, you hit or weight training or for. Whatever whatever reason, it's also important that you get enough protein, right? Which is something you just alluded to. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as we age, you know, a lot of us, especially, you know, as, as women, we may not get as much protein as we once did. So, and there's different ways that we can get our protein. So why do you, why do you think people aren't getting enough protein? Is it, is it because people are focusing on plant-based diets or? A lot of plant-based diets. I mean, but there is a lot of ways that obviously plant-based, you can get a lot of protein, but yeah. I think it's people understanding where to get your sources of protein, right? And making yeah. sure that you're getting enough of it. So definitely that's, that's one of it. And some people may want to be, you know, make it a choice that they want to cut down on the amount of protein that they're eating. So I think there's different reasons why, but, and also as we age, we may not read, we may not eat as much as we once did. Yes. We once did too. So then you're not, if you're not eating as much, then maybe you're eating less protein than you're eating more carbs or something else. Well, I'm certainly eating less red meat than mm-hmm. I used to. Right. And I have to be very mindful 
of making sure that, you know, if I'm not having that type of protein, I'm getting it different ways, like perhaps by mixing grains and beans together to get the complex proteins uh, and carbohydrates that you need to fuel the body and the brain. Exactly. Right? No, that's well said. So I, you know, I don't know if you've, if you've ever tried bone broth. Have you ever? No. Okay. So bone broth is another great way to get Isn't your protein. Soup? Is that soup? So it's soup. So you can make it yourself. So I, I actually really like bone broth for a couple of reasons. One is that it gives us a protein, but also that it has collagen. So two, right. I'm obsessed with collagen and as women collagen is so important for us as why women. what do you need it for okay so when we're born when babies are born we're 90 percent collagen and yeah. as we age after the age of 21 we lose one percent of collagen a year so think of collagen as like the connective tissue it's what it's the glue that holds everything together so after menopause within the first five years we actually lose an additional 30 percent of our collagen 30 percent that's mm. a lot of collagen so when our collagen decreases, what can happen is it can lead to joint and muscle pain, but also fine lines and wrinkles. Yep. Because the connective tissue, think of it, you know, if you think of pantyhose and you think of the, you know, the fishnet pantyhose, so think of it being taut or think of it as being really loose, right? So someone's worn those pantyhose a lot. As our collagen goes down, that loose pantyhose is what kind of happens to our skin. It becomes saggy. It becomes, we get our fine lines and wrinkles. We really want to be getting enough collagen. And one way you can do it to get your protein and your collagen is with bone broth. Okay. So help me out here. I've been doing this for years. What's the difference between bone broth and like chicken soup? Like what's the di- <laughs> like seriously, what's the difference? Okay, so bone broth, first of all, you have to get the proper bones, right? Like marrow so bones, the marrow bones. You, and yeah. then you have to cook it at a low temperature. So I've done this many times. I use a crock pot and I let it go for like it's like twelve or sometimes people will say twenty-four hours. Like it's a very long, slow process and it kind of the it takes all of the collagen out of the bones in that long process. And so that would be the difference between chicken soup for me, you're using first of all chicken. You're right. Using you know the oh, meat so you, so, and the flesh of the chicken, right. whereas the bone you're, it, for bone broth you're just using the bones, the actual bone. You're putting in some carrots and some onions, like you're putting in some of the some vegetables as well, and you're just letting it cook for a very long time. Whereas chicken soup would be more of your you're you know you're using raw you know you're using chicken the whole chicken. Yeah, but you're putting the bones in though. You are, but it's a different kind of bones. So you want you want marrow, beef marrow bones, like right. it's not chicken, right? You're using it. It's, it's, it's got to be beef, right? Yeah, it's a beef bone. There's yeah. no such, you no can such get thing as ch- chicken no, there. No, no, you can get chicken collagen. Could. Yeah, chicken, and you can get um, you can get fish collagen as right. well. But if we're talking like beef broth, beef broth, then you need obviously the beef marrow bones. Okay. Or you could go buy the broth, right? You can. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, that sounds like a lot of work. It does. And, um, I, don't I like do to it. cook, but I'm not. I'm not sure I'm up for the 12 hours of 12 to 24 hours. Yeah, you can actually buy. We have an beef. instant pot, so we could do it in there. I bet. Very cool. Yeah, you know, what? I've never. I have to get myself an instant pot. I know. I, I have to like. I have to do that. Anyways, but you can buy beef bone broth powder, and then it's much easier to make it that way. Are there other ways to get uh, collagen other than? You could take it in a capsule format. So okay. powder or capsule format. So I've done that as well. I do that as well. Okay. Yeah. And so they're different. So what ways. should we? Uh, presuming you want a supplement, what should we be looking for? I mean, the key is you want it to be broken down into small peptides because that way it gets absorbed better into our body. So you want to look for brands that actually have it broken down into those smaller peptides. So one of the products that I really like is New Roots Herbal. They have a beef bone broth protein that's made with BSC-free and hormone-free beef. And that's the other thing. You want to make sure they have no antibiotics in the actual beef yep. and the products. Because then you're obviously Because you are all in. about the organics. Well, exactly. That, that's what you write about for the magazine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Our column and tonic. I love it. And they're naturally savvy. And what's nice is that their bone broth, each serving has 27 grams of protein. So okay. there you go. Right. That you seems get the like collagen a lot easier get, yeah. than, like, <laughs> than being over the pot. Just for me personally. I hear you. I, listen, convenience. That's what it's about nowadays, right? It's the convenience thing. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. This was fun. And you're going to be back in a few months and we're going to talk all about probiotics, right? We are. Something else that I absolutely love taking on a regular basis. Fantastic.